A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. Any information being shared here is not intended, nor does it constitute financial, tax, legal, investment, or other advice. Before making any decision or taking any action regarding your finances, you should consult a qualified financial advisor. So this is part of my youth month um, conversation. This... Oh, okay. No, it is. It is. Um, so... And when I, you know, I have to thank you in front of everybody that I always just abuse you. I always just say, Miranda, let's do this. And you're always there. So I have to say thank you for being that person. I didn't, I didn't even know we are doing this because we are ending youth month. I just said, yes, of course. Oh, I always want to talk about property investing. Oh, my goodness. Of course I do. <laughs> no, that's why I call you. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, as part of the celebration of the Youth Month, um, yeah. I thought Miranda must come chat to us about um, starting a property portfolio. Like, I wish I knew something about it I know. when I was young. Me and too. shame, I didn't. Um, with a degree and all, we still did not got taught we about some didn't. of these things. But, yeah, so is life. And now we are bringing it forward that other people might have a better chance than we did. And Mina, that's why I do these things. Like somebody can learn from it and somebody can take something from it and and they can decide whether this is something for them or not. Big disclaimer, this is not financial (coughs) advice. (coughs) Yeah, please excuse my cough. No, it's fine. I'm recovering from a bad flu. So Mpume, thank you so much for doing this for the youth. You are indeed right. I wish someone at age 24 had told me not to put money in banks. And, and while I am saving for retirement, if I'm saving for retirement, which makes me so angry, I still haven't retired. Um, I could have started a property portfolio or started investing in, in sensible things that, that, that make me money and ensure mm. that I retire, I retire early. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to talk about property anytime, every time, you know how it is, you know. And let's talk to the youth only. Um, and when I say youth, I am going to take it between you and I. I don't know when you started working. I started working. In fact, I started because working I, when, I was t- when I was 21. That's when I started oh, working. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm. My goodness. Yeah. So I started working at 22. I graduated from medical school at 22. And um, all I knew was that the degree was meant to make me money. I don't know how, but someone told me that if I graduate, I'm going to have money. I'm still waiting. Anyway, (laughs) and I did two more degrees. I'm still waiting. Yeah. Having said that, I'm not saying education is not important. I'm just saying education is supposed to make us discerning. So let's talk about youth and property investing. Where do I even start? You know, where do I even start? I like that. I like, I like it when, when young people ask me. And, and the biggest thing is that people will complain that they need to put away 100000 to start a property portfolio. And I'm saying necessarily not. I know what people are talking about. Indeed, the kind of properties that I invest in require me to have 60, 70,000 so that I can pay transfer costs. Indeed, right? But what, what do you do when you're 21 and you have got um, disposable income of 500 and 1,000 rents and 1,200? 
And I like that I have got several examples of people that have done certain things. A friend yeah. of ours, um, his son decided he is dropping out of university and they made a pact between the two of them to say, well, I'm not giving you airtime. And if you've got vices like you drink Amstel on the weekend, I'm not buying no Amstel with my money. You'll find food at home. You've got shelter. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. drop out of school, you need to do something. And what he started doing was putting on his sneakers and walking the streets of Johannesburg. And what mm -hmm. would he source? He would source houses that he found um, that were deserted or when there was a for sale sign, he would go in and he would knock and talk to the owner to say, can I sell your house? And then he mm -hmm. would find an agent and partner up with the agent to say, if you sell this house, give me 10,000 bucks. We call okay. it walking and, and, and driving for, driving for, 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 for property. And it's the crudest, crudest way of finding property and of becoming an unregistered agent. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we call it wholesaling sometimes because you find find a piece of property or they just walk up to, to Bume and say, are you selling your house? Can I find, if I find a buyer, will you give me 20,000? And you get into an agreement. And those agreements, unfortunately, they can be very, very traumatic because then a person doesn't get paid sometimes or whatever. So it's yeah. the crudest way, no registration needed. All you do is, Find a buyer, find a seller, put them together. Here you are, you get paid 10,000, 15,000. Very hard job to do, very tiring. And the returns come, well, very hard. I, I honestly must say that. And we've got several people on our podcast. You know that I'm a co-host of Property Magicians podcast. Yeah. I'm a yeah. co-host of a property um, podcast. And the podcast is really directed at black youth and black people because those are the people who never get told that there are means of making money without the extra 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 things you know we thought having three degrees would make mm -hmm. us money mm -hmm. but it doesn't really so that's number yeah. one i've just given you a crude crude method there's a young man who came on our podcast i won't remember for the life of me what number he was he was i don't know episode number 80 something who did exactly that. His mother thought he was at school in Damelin, and during the day he was walking the streets of Bramfontein and looking for properties for sale. And he one mm. day came home with 20,000 that his own mother had never earned. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. So I know three youth that did exactly that, and all of them went to Damelin and Vets, and they did that. All right. But Having said that, becoming a real estate agent is a, just the cheapest thing you can ever do. Cheapest way of getting education. And you get taught a lot, depending on the agency that you have chosen, of course. But most of these big name brands, they are very keen on educating. They are very keen on making sure that they are... Um, Respective agents are very, very well versed in there. They teach you the process of, of selling. They teach, teach you the process of bank application. They mm. teach you the process of property transfer. They teach you the process of negotiation, negotiation between agent and seller, and seller and buyer. And they teach you all of that, right? And you can ultimately write an exam with the um, real estate uh, agency board and then yeah. become a registered agent. And when you are a registered agent, there you are, you can make 6% from a sale of each house, right? I think I'm a bad seller. I am not good at marketing and selling, but my very first sale of a house, I sold a house of 3.6 million. Go do the math, 6% off, 3.6 million, yeah? And the agent, yeah. the agency house will take maybe 
40 or 45 percent of that and you get the other 55 you have made 55,000 104,000 just like that without too much stress right yeah, now yeah. did I talk about fees no did I talk about doing anything else no you work you walk into Pam Golden Keller Williams whoever right especially these big ones Harcourt very good education agent on the move those big agents are very invested in good agents right and then um, as you become a senior agent then you are able to command and demand that no agency i will only share 70 30 with you i take 70 percent of the of my six percent of sale you take the 30 percent mm-hmm. what does it involve all it involves is you walk in there, you become an employee, you attend the training, you register as an agent. Every year you pay, I don't know, something like 480 bucks to, re- to register with the, with, the, with the real estate agency board. That's all it takes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes, right? And in the process, you learn so much, Ipume, so, so much. Things that are not written in books, things that you will not find even if you study property management, for instance, you will not be taught the art of sales, the art of negotiation. The, you, you, you learn all sorts of other skills that you never, 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 never could learn at school. You know, they'll teach yeah. you accounting, straight accounting. They will teach you how to add math. They will, but they will not teach you negotiation. Yeah. Which other one do I like? And um, having said that, on the Property Magicians podcast, guys, you will find that we have got episodes of people that have done that. Go and look up. I think Brian Sango was episode, God help me, maybe episode 32 or episode 30. He is a young Zimbabwean national who came to Cape Town, left home no job, nothing. And he worked at Tasha's in Cape Town. And um, what did he end up doing? And then he ended up with a couple that used to sit at the particular corner at the Tasha's. And he, no, he was a cleaner. He was a cleaner. And then this one day, they they were short of waitrons at Tasha's in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. He ended up, they put him in an apron and said, that's it, swim, you become a waitron. And he ended up serving this particular couple at the corner. And daily, this couple would come and sit at the same place. And it, it, it turns out that this couple, they end a remix, um, a agency. remix agency, right? Mm. And he ended up, and, they, and then he used to be so good. He's very articulate. You'll like the episode. Just look up Property Magicians plus Brian Sango. And then he ends up um, he ends up serving this couple every week, whatever, for a few months. And they would sit there and do their business and have the same type of cappuccino and whatever. But he he's he's such a pleasant young man. They ended up chatting to him and they're like, you're so articulate. Do you want to come work with us? And they gave him accommodation. They gave him a room to live and he became their receptionist initially ended up selling high-end properties in Camps Bay and Ladagno in Cape Town. Go figure it out. And who is he today? He's an executive at Cybip, you know, South African. um, South African. uh, I don't know what I don't know the full name. I can see the... Yeah. F-A-I-B-P-P. And he owns a company called... um, property guy something like that and he co-owns he co-owns an app a property app he 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 sells multiple thousands and he's hardly 35 yeah yeah right so 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 what do you say to to a young graduate or somebody who's just started working right Mm -hmm. who says i don't have the hundred thousand i don't want to go work in real estate per se But I want to start. I want want to, to yeah, I just want to put my toes in and see whether 
this thing works. You know, everybody speaks property as the thing. But is it really the thing? And how do I access it when I don't have lump sums of money? Lump sums, yeah. And you are not a trust fund baby where daddy is going to give you 100,000 when you turn 35 or 25. And then another... Or even 21. Right? So I like your question, Bume, because now we come to the young graduate who is working. The first thing that you want to do is um, you go and buy yourself a Kia Picanto. And then the Kia Picanto, you discover that it needs gas, it needs service, it needs insurance, and you live in Johannesburg, you need to pay for car track. Hmm? Now, life is expensive. Okay. But then you need to go out with your friends on Thursday nights, and for Friday, and on the weekend as well. On these weekends, we spend 300 rands, 500 rands on a bottle of alcohol or on a meal, right? You can invest, start investing. And my goodness, please start investing as early as then, right? The 300 and the 500 rands. And people think I'm being ridiculous when I say that. There are two ways that I know of that are very simple to invest in property. So let's say you want to be very funky and fancy. You want to invest on the stock exchange rather because, you know, you are a new graduate. You know how we are speak English now. You want to buy shares. Yes, you can buy real estate shares and they are put into a basket of commercial real estate. Okay. The office blocks, your Clearwater Mall and your Sentin City and whatever they are put into a basket and it is called a REIT right? Real estate um, investment trust. And there are many, 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 many of them. Or you can go and pick a share, like um, which one is doing well that is paying dividends now? I have two of them. Which one is paying? The investment, uh, Investec Property Trust even pays um, dividends every three months. And I've got that one. I've got REIT. And you can you can download easy equities and start investing on easy equities. You pull your money out of your Capitec bank, put 300 rents there every month and make it a habit. Don't think about it. Do it on the day that you get paid. 300 rents minimum on easy equities and start investing in property. Old Mutual has got properties. APSA has got properties. But like I say, the Investec one that I have, pays dividends, and you can find them on easy equities, all right? So that is your new graduate. Now, for you and I, your mom and I grew up doing umgalelo, stock fells, right? Yeah. On the stock fells, you can invest for as little as 500 rands, 300 rands, 1,000 rands. I'm a co-founder of Property Magician Stock Fell. Of course, I am... I think we are the coolest stock fell in town. So you join the stock fell for 1,000 rands and every month you can put in 300 rands. The 1,000 goes to administration. It's not invested. And you can start putting 300 rands as a habit or 500 rands as a habit. And each month or each second month, we actually have a deal that we invest in. Send your money to go and make more money instead of putting it in a savings account or instead of drinking alcohol with it and buying useless things that you don't need, right? So in a stock sale, what happens is we take a collective, 300 trends from 100 people makes 300,000 and we borrow it to a developer, but we only invest in properties, guys, only in properties and only with developers that are reputable, only with people that can give us a guarantee that our money is getting back. So they have to have another piece of property that we use as security. We enter into proper contracts with them and they will tell us, we need your 500 rands for the next six months or for the next year. And the returns are extremely good. 10%, 12%, 15%. In our property magician stock fell, we've never done anything less than 14% returns. And you don't get that in a savings account. So property stock stock fells have always existed. 
our mothers use the stock files to pay for high ticket items, but in ours, we only invest in property. The deal that we yeah. are closing tonight, tonight, as I put this phone down, I'm going to sign a contract. We have borrowed a developer close to 600,000 because he is building infrastructure in the, of, not office block, in an estate where he, has, he is building houses. So we, we are doing deal six with Muziwe to Yam. So, so that's, that's, that's one of the ways. And the other way of doing it is to get together. We get together to do parties and we get together to do baby showers and we get together to buy each other gifts. How about we get together and pay each other's, um, each other's bond and pay up your townhouse, your bachelor pad or another bachelor pad for the next person and another bachelor pad. But while I say that, I want to emphasize that enter into proper contracts, guys. You never, never invest with anyone. Ubu, you know I like you very much. We share a lot of things. We share a lot about our kids, about our families, and about our money. Never get into a contract, even when the relationship is hunky-dory, even. You yeah. always enter into those with contracts. So sit down with a lawyer. Let's say there's four of us. We are friends. Each one of us have got our own little bachelor pad. I don't know, in Fairlands. One is in Linden. One has got another one in Sentin. And we can get together and decide. Let's pay up. Let's pay up each other's mortgage. But you need to enter into, into proper contracts. And how you would do that is, firstly, register a company. All these units must belong to this company or to mm -hmm. a trust. Right? Sorry about yeah. that. So all these properties, all four properties, they are four friends. We've got bachelor flats in whatever respective town that we are living in. And we register all of our, these properties in this one trust. We all pay for this trust, right? And yeah. as we collect the money, we pay off Ubu's one property. Then you pay Miranda's property. Then we do Mutalibule's property. Then we do Newa's property. All of them belong to the trust. And you can take your, your, camp, your, your unit or your, your townhouse out of the trust, and it can be done by distribution. We call it distribution. It's like you are... It's like when we are distributing wealth, you are a beneficiary mm -hmm. and all the beneficiaries yeah. can take out their respective properties out of the trust. So there are ways, there are ways and we were not taught the investment languages, black people. So we are talking about this because you guys can do what we did, right? And pay mortgages for 20 years and never make money. Yeah. I like that. Oh, there's another one that I like in pool. Number five strategy that I like. Oh, yes. I like this one. You're getting it's excited. No, <laughs> I am. It's a no money down strategy. It's a no money down strategy where, let's say, for, 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 for instance, yourself, I don't know how you got to Johannesburg. Surely the first, first thing that you did was you got to Johannesburg and started paying somebody's rent, didn't you? I stayed with a friend, so I shared rent for a couple of for a couple of months. Awesome. Yeah. You didn't know that you were doing house hacking. That is house hacking. Not really. That is house yeah. hacking. So <laughs> if I go and buy a unit and I have to pay a bond for six thousand rents, but then I invite my friend to come and live. Let's say I bought a two-bed unit right in this complex yeah. and i invite my friend to come in and to pay to get to to come and live with me and they are going to pay half of the six thousand i already yeah. have money for electricity and the bond that i'm supposed to be paying six thousand for i am only contributing three thousand but because my friend is already paying the other three thousand can you see that I can save a lot of money. It's called house exactly. hacking. It's called house exactly. hacking. And you didn't know that that's what you were doing. 
I didn't know it had a name. I'm just sharing a place with a friend. <coughs> it has a name. It's house hacking. And yeah. on episode 34, Property Magicians podcast, you are going to find us on Podbean, on iTunes, on Spotify. On episode number 34, there is a guy called Zakele. He did house hacking. He, he was a young engineer, broke, lived in this three-bedroom house because the landlord was living somewhere overseas. But he loves beautiful places. So he started painting this house, painting the room that he lives in, and then got other engineers to come and live with him. And he, he rented out bedroom number one, bedroom number two, ended up moving from the main bedroom where he used to sleep and slept in the lounge, hired out bedroom number three. He had discovered how to house hack. This one time, and then it had a cottage outside. He indeed hired out even the cottage. So he was living for free, house hacking. When we were at university, we did that all the time. There were people who didn't have rooms. Uh, they hadn't paid fees and whatever. They would sleep on the floor. Some people would make them pay. I didn't make the friend that stayed with me for about two months. She didn't pay. But that's what house hacking is about. So start get yeah, thinking ma'am. creatively about how to make money without even moving house, without doing anything else, right? Yeah. So house hacking is a very, very good way of young people. You share spaces for many, many, many reasons. Yeah, so there you are. You've got five strategies of investing in property while you are a young graduate. What happens if I pass away before my property get, gets paid? So Good speak question. to people about that because death is real, right? Death is real. Don't go paying off mortgages with people. I like Mbumi very much. We are good friends. But I will not go and pay off a mortgage while I sit here without being protected by a mechanism. So we call them structures. We structure before we invest. Before you invest in any property, you structure. So I said, here are the four friends, Mbuni, Miranda, Mtlalipule, and Neo. They enter into an agreement. We are going to pay off each other's mortgage. We're not going to wait for 20 years. They go to a lawyer. They register a trust. Remember what I said. Remember. So the trust is going to own those houses because that's how you protect your estate. A trust is there to protect an estate. A trust is not for rich people. A trust is what we use to protect an estate. Whenever you, so a trust, in the trust, it will be, um, so the lawyer will write what we call a testament. A testament will say, this trust is owned by Mbumi, Neo, Mutlalipule, and Miranda. And this is how this trust is going to be conducted. Every single line of that testament, you are going to read and understand. And trust lawyers don't laugh. Eh? They invite all of you for coffee. They sit down and they say, this sentence says, this is what it means. And you are all beneficiaries. When you are a beneficiary, you still earn or you will still have that, that house even beyond your grave. You all pick a beneficiary or two or three. And the trust will only action anything when all four of you have agreed or three of you if one of you dies plus one or two independent trustees. So please, in property, whatever you do, you always do it in a structure. You do it either in a company, you do it in a company and register it against the trust as well, or you register a trust and put all your, put all your properties in there. And what, just, whilst you're there, just have this question at the back of your mind. What happens if I do this in my name, in my personal name? As yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I didn't tell you that's sweet and wonderful about investing in property is that it is a tax saving mechanism. So my okay. first, my knee-jerk reaction is, Please don't buy property in your name if you can. 
the first property maybe you just did it you are so excited if you want to see this title deed written in your first name but i wish someone had told me anyway register a pty limited start buying your properties in the company and don't let the real estate agent tell you your company has got zero cents it has never traded no one will give you a loan it's a lie so how do you deal with that because i've heard that line exactly what you're saying i've heard it so how do you get around that conversation it doesn't it doesn't have any assets it's got no money so how are you putting the bank the bank uses you as the as the as the guarantor for the company that's number one number two um Go to a bond originator that is reputable. Ask me, ask me who's the bond originator that's reputable so that she goes to all the banks. You know that you can buy properties. I know someone who is a property investor who uses a mechanism like this. He has got more than 10 10 PTY limited companies. He buys one, two, three, four, five, six six properties Mm -hmm. in one company A registers another company, buys six properties in company B. So he always has got a new company. Really, that's the truth. All right. Mm. You can register Mm. as many companies as you want. And that protects actually your real estate portfolio. Because if you and I today want to enter into an agreement, let's buy a block of flats that has got five units in it. When I enter into a partnership with you to buy the block of units, I'm not going to put you in my company, in my property company that has got my portfolio. I'm going to enter into a new agreement with a new company with you and we register a special uh, purpose vehicle to purchase that block of flats. If we want to buy Clearwater Mall, we register a trust and enter into into a a special uh, purpose vehicle so that we can we can buy that property so you can belong to 15 com- different companies honestly you can yeah honestly yeah. you can so what so what happens then when you pass away what is the story okay. so i was telling you that the trust a trust is a very serious document it's not just a piece of paper that is structured in one day. The lawyer will ask you, what are you trying to achieve with this? Okay? Mm-hmm. You can register trust number one. So we register a trust and there's a four of us. And in the testament, it outlines how the trust is going to be conducted. Every three years, we want to have paid off these four properties. Property one, property two, property three, and each time we we are finished with paying property two, all the excess money goes into property three. And when when I die, when Miranda dies, who are her beneficiaries? Beneficiary number one is my daughter who is underage. The name and ID is written in there. And the trust has always got an independent trustee. The independent trustee makes sure that they don't go and undercut me. And the problem that we have as Black people, the reason we do not have wealth and we don't know how to preserve wealth is we don't write wills, we don't register trusts, right? Because I see a Tandana today, including with boyfriends, girlfriends, even husbands and wives, right? We do not register things properly. So how to protect yourself against death is that everything is registered. Everything is written in the testament, as I say. And then the independent, that house can never be sold. Can never sell the house that was written against a beneficiary called the late Miranda. Never. At the deeds office. Oh yeah, the other thing, a trust is registered at the deeds office. There's the, the master of the court where the trust mm-hmm. sits, the trust document sits. Your family can do bangapetula all they want. They can never sell that house. So how we buy properties 
our properties in a trust, in a PTY limited, but we protect them by registering a trust, okay? Even I, as an individual, I will have a company or several companies, but I register a trust. The reason why I do that is that when I die and there's no one speaking for me or for my underage child, that trust and the trustees on the board of my trustees will speak for my child. All right. Wow, it's real, guys. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And <laughs> I really want us to, to concentrate. And the reason why I do that is there are accountants and attorneys that register trust. And they will tell you, you don't do it by WhatsApp, guys. Tina Tiawatanda Mashok's card. We don't do it by WhatsApp. You don't do it just overnight. It's not written on one page of a will that says, I, Miranda Muloto, give Ubume this house. Ah, ah. A trust it doesn't make like that. No, a trust has got minimum 30 pages. Mm -hmm. I know someone who has got a trust that is about 312 pages. Wow. Yeah, because they do all sorts of permutations because they are, they are, Properties that I will have bought on my own, properties that I will have bought right now, I am in a stock fell and I hold other people's money. There are properties that I will go into investment with my co-founder, Vangile. There will be properties where I will go with four friends or three friends. So all of those things are written in the testament so that when something happens to me, my share in the other property where I invested with three friends, my share is allocated to my heirs, to my, to my young daughter and whatever. So I am very, very clear about that. I'm so happy, Happy Spirit 17, you got something. And you can ask clever questions. There, um, there's a gentleman who came, very, very intelligent guy, very articulate and slow on our property podcast. He, his name is Shilly Boy Muti. Oh yeah, I listened to to Shilly's Boy um Shilly Boy. episode. Hey, it was real. It's real. <laughs> He's amazing. And Mina, I Mina, my issue is that you know everybody talks about and the beneficiaries and the law of distribution and the the trust can be so Englishy that it loses a black person. Shilly yeah. Boy breaks it down because it's baby guys. So for me, it is, I'm the type of person where you have to explain and then re-explain again and come back. You know, I'm like that. And I have decided the language of investing and finance and trust, I didn't fail it. At medical school, there was no... It wasn't there. It wasn't. <laughs> I didn't teach you. <laughs> so when you can acknowledge that when I'm booming, it's easier for you to ask the question and then re-ask the question another way. I remember my lawyer that did my trust, oh, Andre. He was like, yo, I like you. It's so funny. Explaining something to you is so much fun because what we do, especially when you are a doctor, guys, I don't know about you guys, you sit there and you have to look intelligent. Okay, okay. And then you sign. No, guys. No. Just no. Uh-uh. Yo. Uh -uh. Ask the questions that you think are stupid. Like, what does this mean? Like, what are you talking about? It's important. Yeah. I think what I like, Miranda, and the thing that has stuck with me is um the element of being able to invest small monies. Yes. Because we always get stuck in this big massive investment that we need to make, and we never start. So it becomes an element of, I can't start, I don't have the lump sum. And, and we've held ourselves back because we didn't yeah. know that there are EFTs that you can do. There's unit trust that are in property. There are all these other vehicles, but we don't know that. And we yeah. always think it's about buy. And sometimes we want to buy a property. one cent. I tell you. Please speak to us about that, in fact. <laughs> First and foremost, young people, 
don't buy your first house as the dream house. Can you just like dream house yeah, Tony guys? Dream house yeah, I eh, eh. don't buy the dream house. Don't buy the dream house. My co-founder and my co-host, Property Magic, uh, uh, Property Magic uh, podcast co-host Uvangil, she was she was giving that advice. And she bought in a very obscure little place. Or you would call it obscure at the time in Strand, an apartment, a one-bedroom apartment. Do you know that it has tripled in value? She didn't buy a dream house. It's tripled in value. She, she is sitting pretty on it. So sometimes all of us want to run to these townhouses as in eh, with the homeowners association. And, um, and then we, we, we end up stuck with a bond. Yes. 800,000 and you are paying and you are paying the homeowners association, you are paying the insurance, you are paying city of Joburg and you are paying for the bond. And then they've got a special levy on top. My goodness, don't start with the dream house. If nothing else, you didn't hear me. Don't start with the dream house. Okay. So you can even start with renting. Rent for rent, do your house hacking. And the house that you are sitting in, that you sleep in, Abanye, they will go and buy a two-bedroom house and sleep in the one bedroom. And then the other room is your gym equipment and you don't even want other people to come and you don't, want, you don't even want your sister to come and live with you. I'm saying the second room, let it make you money. Let it generate money. Okay? If you've already bought the townhouse. But the house that you live in is not an investment, guys. The way to make it an investment is when you have bought in a very good area, you bought it cheaply and you made it beautiful. And let's say you buy it at 250000 and then you change the windows, you change the kitchen cupboards, and then you paint it and you put beautiful bathroom and whatever. And suddenly, and you bought in an area where those, those flats can go for 600,000. Suddenly you've raised the value. You have forced appreciation. Uh, you have forced appreciation on, on that property. That's the only time. And then you move out, you sell it for 600,000, you bought it for 250,000. Even before you pay up the bank, you sell it for 600,000, pay off the bank, go and buy the next one. Okay. That's the only time that you are going to buy a house that you live in, but force appreciate it, make it pretty. So I guess your stand is interesting. All of us want the white unit, the glass top stove, and, and, and. But don't go and buy that super expensive apartment. It really doesn't make you money. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It really doesn't it's make you money. Um, you can buy an old house that's a three-bedroom, mm -hmm. force appreciate on it, and we call it flipping. It's another strategy. And then maybe rent out room number one, room number two, live in room number three, rent out the cottage at the back. You are sitting there and you are living for free and you decide the cottage at the back is the one that's going to buy my Kia Picanto. Yeah? Wow. Yeah. yeah. What is the tax benefit of buying your house through a PTY LTD? Good question. Love the question. The only way to buy a house is to buy it through a PTY Limited. Please, disclaimer, again and again. Remember, a medical school, I say, account one and two. I, I am not an accountant. I know what I know because I have got a PTY Limited. In a PTY Limited, what you do is, so let's say you have bought this uh, flat in, in Linden. I like Runback, by the way. That's a tip. I like Rambek. Oh, yeah. There are some good places there for you. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Buy the dilapidated flat. Go and make it up. And yeah. So you buy the flat, flat number 17. You buy it in a PTY limited. It gets registered, right? And then you are now doing it up, using it up, right? You go and put on wooden floors. You are painting it with light gray. You are changing the handles. 
all that money that you are using, let's say you are using it from your salary, so there you are, you are using your money and how you use it. Let me tell you, there has to be a directionality to your money. When you are going to Leroy Melin and to build us warehouse, you transfer this money, your wooden floors, into the PTY Limited. And you must say, as you are transferring, to say loan to Happy Spirit PTY Limited. So it becomes a loan. Happy, the person, the entity, is borrowing the Happy PTY Limited money. So the PTY is the one that's fixing the house. Linda de Moses, who comes and fits in your wooden floors and does the painting and the bathroom and the tiling, you pay him from the PTY Limited. Okay. At the end of the tax year, when your accountant does your books, what does it come out as? All that money, it's expenses, it's a loan. It is a loan. Let's say you end up renting this, this, this uh, flat. The 7,000 must also be paid in the PTY Limited. But when you spend that money for Uhebi, again, changes direction. The 7,000 lands in the PTY Limited. You pay the electricity, you pay the homeowners association, and then you pay back the loan to Uhebi. It looks like expenses. All that 7,000 moves the other direction now. It's moving towards your personal account and the PTY Limited is left with zero, zero. You can go on for a year or two or three without paying tax. Wow. All your, yes, your water and light, the Wi-Fi, the electricity, your homeowners association, and the loan to Happy is taken as an expense because companies actually have expenses, isn't it? And it's all legal. Wow. There is nothing, nothing illegal about that. Okay. Wow. So the PTY Limited is a good mechanism. That's the first thing, right? It's the expenses. The second thing is that me, for, for the type of salary that I earn, I pay 42% tax to SARS. Mm -hmm. But the PTY Limited, when that money is spent from the PTY Limited, I pay 28%. Okay, so, so if the PTY is making a profit, you're paying SARS at 28%, whereas if it was in your personal space, you would be you would be getting charged at your at your um, at your forty two percent at your yeah. forty two percent or so whatever your tax rate whatever is whatever your tax rate yeah. is yeah and yeah. in the PTY limited let's say now you have got fifteen flats that are making ten flats that are making ten uh, seven thousand seven thousand seven thousand now you have got a seventy thousand that is being earned in the PTY limited. You pay all your expenses from the PTY Limited and you only get taxed for the amount that's remaining. Mm -hmm. You get taxed for the remaining 30,000. Let's say your expenses are 40,000. You only get taxed for 30. Yeah. It's unlike a salary. A salary gets taxed before you pay you before you spend. If you earn 50,000, you pay tax of 35%. And then you take home whatever, and then you start paying the, the expenses in electricity and buy the car and whatever. The PTY mm -hmm. Limited can buy you the car and it becomes Ibaki, your PTY Limited. It's the, it's the car that's owned by the company. All the maintenance, the petrol and car tracker is paid from the PTY Limited. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think thanks for sharing some of those tips. But as I said, big disclaimer, we are not financial advisors. If you need to be making these decisions, please go to the relevant professionals. I just know it because I took the time to know it. And I took the time as a property investor to know it because I need to know it for myself. And speaking to accountants on this chat, 
this accounting intelligence, I find that it is not also taught in accounting school. And I don't blame you if you don't know it. It's people who enter into property uh, investing that go, oh, oh, I didn't know this happens. And that's the reason why I will buy a piece of property before I invest in a property share. Because in a property share, you pay, what is it called? I don't know whether it's called capital gains, but you, when you make a profit from the shares, it is tax. But in a yeah. property, there's a mechanism of spending your money before it is tax. So I like yeah. a piece of property before a share. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Miranda. Miranda's um, handle is PropDocMum, right, Miranda? Yeah, it's Dr. Miranda underscore PropDocMum. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know my own handle. Yeah. And my Facebook page is PropDocMum. Just follow me on the tips there. And we've got a stock file and we are fundraising as we speak. We've got a property magicians podcast everything i've said here guys i also found out from other property investors as i say go and check it out we are on episode probably 122 so you're going to have to go back 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 and listen to all those episodes there are lots of young people on there that gave us a lot of their time there is tandega on episode 68 there is Brian Sango on episode 33. I can't remember where Shilly Boy is, the accountant. But we speak about everything, guys. Structuring of a property portfolio, 15 different investment mechanisms. We talk about our stock sale. Yeah. Yeah. So, Please oh, follow here, yeah. guys. It's really worth, um, worth learning. Like these things we are never taught. Um, and hence, I'm just having these different conversations. And if we can add value to anybody and somebody takes something out of it, you go do your own research. You go um, and make sure that you speak to the right people who can guide you. But I think we I think my thing is let's stop putting let's stop owning houses in jail just for the sake of owning big houses that are not generating anything. And there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, it's not a bad thing to do that. I think once you know that your 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 financial state is also in a good place. And and but start small, be comfortable small. starting small. That's and small. I think for me, if you can take that lesson, start small and you will wake up 10 years later and you think, oh my God, I've actually oh done it. Oh my God, what have I done? Hi boom, boom I forgot. The last bonus uh, strategy, there mm. are two, yes. one, two, three, four young people actually on our podcast that shared the strategy. I haven't done it yet. Short-term okay. rental, Airbnb. You don't oh, need okay. to own the property. You don't need to own the property. Underline, italics in bold. You do not even need to own the property. Rent a property so that you can rent it out, make it Airbnb friendly. There you are, you start any. Hmm? You sign a lease for a 7,000, um, whatever, bachelor pad, and you go and finish it nicely, put it on Airbnb, and it starts generating your cash. This one um, youngster that shared this, you are going to have to find our podcast, guys. I can't remember the episode numbers. She says, um, after day 16, so day one up to 16, she knows that she is working for the, for the landlord. Yeah. After day 16, day 17 up to day 30, all the money that's made is hers. Oh, wow. She pays the landlord. She pays for the cleaner. And there's a, it's, a, it's a whole mechanism. Short-term rental is a whole strategy on its own. You Go and find a, another mentor now, not me. You go and find another mentor who knows how to do short-term rentals, who gives you tips on how to do it very well. It is a hospitality business, Airbnb. It's not strictly just property investing. So you really, really need to put your heart into it. 
and you've got to love you've got to love how what Airbnb has done for for the rental market because you know my co-host again Vanille only lives at Airbnb. Yeah, all she does and she globally, globally in Sri yeah. Lanka, in Thailand, she's in Mexico right now, and that's all she does. And she picks the one that she wants. She always has to see the ocean, and she only picks beautiful Airbnbs. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's your bonus strategy. So just share share with me maybe two things that you've seen people make as mistakes, and then we'll close after this. <laughs> Absolutely. The one mistake people make when we love each other, on the day that we are in good terms, we think we can enter into big property investments together without written agreements, without yeah. proper structuring. Big mistake. It can never stand in court. She said, I said, we agreed we were sitting at coffee in Tasha's is not going to work. Please mm. enter into proper contracting, structure it. When you register a PTY limited, call it Mbumeni Randa PTY limited. Sure, do whatever, triple M PTY limited so that the ownership and the shareholding is all written down and you've got something that you can produce in court. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the one. The second one mistake that I, that I myself did, made, is when we go into property, now you, you are excited, I've ignited you, I see there is a Nandi Gianni here, who is doing a flip on an old house. We get very excited about getting into property. Let me tell you the mistake number one that I did. The very first property that I bought was a non-cash flowing property. What does that mean, non-cash flowing? Your big terms. <laughs> I bought a property in Montana, in Pretoria. I bought it from a developer and they said, no deposit down, no transfer costs. And I thought, of course. Isn't that a saving? No transfer costs. All I did was put a 5,000 uh, deposit on it, and they finished building the townhouses there I was, I owned, and I was paying a mortgage. And there was a tenant already. Yeah, they found me a tenant. But the rental was 6,500. But the bond itself was 6,400. And then the homeowners association was another 400 rents. I had to pay city of Tuani for the electricity, water, and garbage. And at the end of it, I was paying. That means the, and then I was paying a property manager, the rental agency, something like I don't know whether I was paying 4% of the rent or something like that. So the 6,500 of the rental was not enough. Mm -hmm. I had to be popping some money from my salary instead of saving and making sure that I'm saving for the next property. There I was, I was sponsoring that property. I bought, I sold it in year three and I was still not cash flowing. And in year four, my, my then mentor, my very first mentor, told me, oh, no, you're going to cash flow in year four, and I was going to get something like 400 rents. I guys, don't buy things like that. And these big developments where it has got a big advert that says 10% deposit, no transfer costs, beware. You need to do a... A, a property um, analysis so that you can see if you are going to cash flow and how much you're going to make. You need to be making some serious money and you wow. can in property. Wow. U property talk, Patricia says, sectional title for me, it's a no. You, it's a no, shame. I was too afraid to say that property in Tanda. Patricia was on our podcast as well. She's a town planner. She's amazing. She's amazing. She does this property talk and she, she also shares a lot, a lot about 
uh, what's happening in the different municipalities. She's in Cape Town. She's got information that I do not have. She's a town planner, so she will tell you pieces of land that the company that the government is going to use for certain developments. There are different levels of zoning, zoning for for industry, zoning for. She she taught us a lot on our podcast. Thank you, Sakisa. I'm I'm the same. Sectional titles. Um, I live in a sectional title because I was looking for the security element for me and my daughter. But sectional titles are expensive, guys. They really do not make sense in terms of property unless you are the developer of the whole estate. Wow. Isn't that the vision? Let's become developers of the whole estate. We are on our way to doing that, guys. We are (laughs) on our way to doing that. Watch this space. Watch this space. But this has been such a fabulous, fabulous chat. When I unyenza night, I can never have a ten minutes. <laughs> I love you for that. I love you. I love you for that. You always just show up and you do it wholeheartedly. What are sectional titles and estates? Just answer the question. Don't disappear without answering. Hi, Katrice. Katrice is the one who raised it, man. All right, so so when I'm a developer, Miranda develops um, it develops this uh, Miranda M, Triple M estates, right? And then I go and get a property management company to come and manage you guys, and then I and then we form a homeowners association. These people who decide, okay, we are going to go with security with a black uniform and red caps, and then. No, you are not allowed a dog. You are not allowed a cat. And the lady is going to be so much. The gardening is going to be done every every Thursday evening or Thursday afternoon. And you are not allowed to drill on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. Like, I don't know when you're going to fix the house. Anyway, so those are the sectional titles. Now, and what is what is problematic about them is that the house is expensive. You are paying already an alarm system, and then you are paying the homeowners association levies. And then, you know, by the end, the expenses just don't make sense. And it's not like it's it's an investment for me because I've invested in the security of me and my daughter, right? But in terms of making money in property, where you are going to squeeze as much money as possible, Please don't go for sectional title if you can. People who do buy in sectional titles and make money are people who will buy from a developer 10 units. They buy it while it's on the plan, right? And they buy it at a discount and say, I want 10 units, 500,000 each. And the developer says, Shucks, I'll give you 10% off. And they buy those units for something like 450,000, all of them, ne? And then the developer builds those units. And as the estate starts advertising the unit, this person sells them off at 610000 And they make their money and they walk away. The rest mm. of us who are buying one one, there's no money there. There's no money. So now, so now where should people buy? Because we're all about security and, and, and townhouses. And, and they bring that the security element, as you say. So what yeah. needs to happen? <laughs> <clears throat> so when I buy a townhouse, I said to you, I live in a sectional title. I own my house, but not necessarily, not really, right? The homeowners association tell me what to do. You make a decision when you are buying for you, but when you are a young person and you are buying for what? You are buying for investment or you are buying for security. You move from home, at Devon, you've come to Johannesburg. Sure, you can buy for security, the two-bedroom house, but use, use it to earn money. House heck, use it. You know, yes, you want to live in a safe place, but use it, okay? But if I could, I would buy in a freestanding house with very good security and cameras around. You are going to make better money there and you're going to buy a bigger piece of land. 
So wow. yes, we still buy for security. Um, right now we are converting our cottage at the back because we don't have a live-in uh, helper anymore. We're going to convert it into a student accommodation and see if we can get a university student to live with us. That's how you use it. Use it. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Miranda. I I know I've held you forever, but yeah, it yeah. is what it is, right? It is what it is. <laughs> but thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Takusa, for coming along. And please thank share, you. continue sharing the nuggets. I am so glad you did this for our youth and women. I'm so 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 impressed. I love your channel. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just it was just a thought. And when I've got people that say when I ask and they say yes, because the only thing you could say is no, I'm busy, no, I'm not interested, or whatever the yeah. case. Is. Yeah. But I, I love the fact that you are always there and you just have and you are always willing to share the information that you have. Yeah. So it's things that, please, it's things that we wish we had been given so easily. Yeah. But we can't cry. Can't cry over spilled milk. True. You know, we've walked past that, but I think we it's all about the next generation. Can they learn something? Can they can they do things differently, differently. from from what yeah. we did? Because we didn't know what we didn't know. And yeah. now we know. And now in our old age, we are trying to fix some of the things. Some of the things. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's all yeah. about unlearning and relearning, and that's what we are trying to do. And paying it forward. And as we learn, we teach. As yeah. we learn, we teach. Thank yeah. you, Boo. Bye. Love Bye. you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show, and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Mbedaga signing out, and I will see you again next week.